SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Morning after on Sports Grid. Thanks for tuning in on Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. This hour, we're going through our Major League Baseball card. We'll give you our early leans and best bets of the day. We'll also go through the PGA as Dubs Anderson from here on Sports Grid is going to join us. And later on, one of the sharpest men in Las Vegas, Bill Krakenberg, are going to give us some gambling 101. First, I've got to go off on the Seattle Mariners. The Seattle Mariners last night come back. They get the win 5-3, to three, plus 120 on the money line over the Oakland Athletics. The Mariners, I've got to give credit to the group chat. The group chat, who I was with on 4th of July weekend, this was the team that we bet on pretty much all weekend, was the Seattle Mariners up late into the night, 1-2 a.m. The Mariners always keep games interesting. They are one of my favorite, not money line bets, one of my favorite run line bets, especially if they're either a home dog or a road dog getting the plus one and a half. I love this Mariners team, Ben. They were so much fun to watch last night, and their games are never dead. Seattle can always come back, and if it's against the Oakland Athletics here recently, the A's dropping three straight games in late-inning scenarios. Two to the San Francisco Giants in the Battle of the Bay, this one against their rivals in the American League West. And when you look at these implications for the Athletics mainly in what it means for the playoff picture, the A's now three and a half games back of the Astros for that top spot in the AL West. The Mariners, by the way, only five and a half games back, but mainly in the American League wildcard, where just a week ago, the Athletics were in that top spot. Now they are outside of the AL playoff picture, trailing the Boston Red Sox in this market by one game. The Mariners, three games back of the Red Sox for that second and final AL wildcard spot. The Blue Jays, four and a half games back. The Yankees with a two and a half game lead for that top spot. We need AL playoff picture odds right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Make or miss playoff odds. We have it for three teams in the NL wildcard race in the National League. We also need it for this very intriguing American League wildcard race. The Mariners staying alive, not only last night against the A's, but also for a playoff spot in the American League. Now, in the National League West, there is some heat brewing, especially when it comes to the San Diego Padres. The Padres end up firing Ned Yost on September 15th. Uh, excuse me, it wasn't about the like the firing of Ned Yost on September 15th, but the Padres can their pitching coach. This is what Jeff Passan's tweeting out, and I just completely misread this. The Padres dismissed their pitching coach, Larry Rothschild. If you're here on the East Coast, you know him from the Yankees. Jeff Passan said this isn't quite Milwaukee firing Ned Yost on September 15th, but the Padres canning their pitching coach with five weeks left in the season is pretty close to it it is saying something if you're going to get rid of your pitching coach with about what a month left in the season ben what is it about larry rothschild that the padres are putting all this blame on him for their recent struggles i'm not exactly sure the pitching staff in san diego certainly hasn't lived up to very high expectation this year when you have guys like you darvish when blake snell was their biggest acquisition who has struggled mightily joe musgrove of course throwing a no hitter very early on in april but hasn't necessarily been the best since. Ryan Weathers, the young gun, has looked shaky at times. 
it's just a very much an indication, in my opinion, of where the Padres are at the moment. Now out of the National League playoff picture, if the season were to end today, they are one game back of the Cincinnati Reds for that second and final NL wildcard spot. But we mentioned there are make playoff odds for three teams in the National League as we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience to the third and final hour, happy hour of the morning after here on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 204, the Mightier 1090 out on the West Coast. Talking West Coast baseball at the moment, the San Diego Padres beginning a huge series against their divisional foes in the L.A. Dodgers today. The Padres a game now out of the NL wildcard playoff picture. When you look at those odds right now, Ariel, I think there is value on the Padres, though, if they can turn things around. Yes, they have lost eight of their last 10 games. Yes, they are a game behind the Reds for that second and final NL wildcard spot. But since he is minus 188 to make the playoffs, minus 188 is the juice and the price you have to pay on that. Yes, currently, the Padres... A Padres team that had some of the shortest odds prior to the year to win the World Series, to win the National League pennant, at plus 205, only a game back of that NL wildcard second spot as it stands at the moment. Big plus money on the pods to get to the NL playoff picture. I think that's some good value right there. I'd rather the 205 on the San Diego Padres than the minus 188 in terms of a value perspective, certainly on the Cincinnati Reds. One of the best rivalries in sports, and I hope that it's still good, even though the Padres have been out of this NL West picture. They still are trying to get into the wild card game. The Padres are hosting the Dodgers tonight. The Dodgers are throwing Julio Urias. However, the Dodgers uh, don't know who their opponent is. The Padres haven't announced the starting pitcher yet. Ben, you love Urias. You've been talking about him, hyping him up since we've been on this show, talking about how successful he's been in a Dodgers uniform. How much would you be willing to say this game's still going to be close, regardless of who the Padres are going to throw out there? I mean, these games have always been close. The electricity the Padres take into any series or any game against the Dodgers really does match that postseason intensity. So I expect it to be close. No odds yet on this game because the Padres have not named that starter. But Julio Rios has been one of the biggest game winners in all of Major League Baseball this year. The Dodgers winning a ton of his starts so far throughout this season. I expect the Dodgers to be a pretty heavy favorite knowing the Padres are on this slide. Can San Diego start to turn things around right now? They desperately need to. Again, plus money to end out this year to try to make the playoffs a much more difficult schedule, though, the Padres have than that of the Cincinnati Reds. I'm excited. I'm excited to get no sleep for the next three days because all I want to do is watch the Dodgers and the Padres go head to head. Coming up next, we do have Dubs Anderson from here on Sports Grid joining us. We're going to talk BMW Championship in the PGA. You're listening here on Sirius XM Channel 204, the Sports Grid Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Here on the morning after on Sports Grid, it's Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. Joining us now from here on Sports Grid, it is Dubs Anderson, and you can catch him all over Twitter as Mr. Dubsy. Thanks for coming on with us on such short notice today. Real excited to have you on, Dubs. 
Thanks for having me on, guys. And what about the goal? Tony Finau finally getting that big victory yesterday. I'm still excited, guys, but we're getting ready to do it all again this week. The PGA Tour, the gift that keeps on giving. I love it because you are talking about someone coming off a big win, and now you look at the board, and Tony Finau sitting there at 22-1, to 1, who has the eighth-best odds to win the BMW Championship this weekend. Dubs, how do you approach a golfer like Finau who's coming off such a big win going into this week? Look, I think it's great for Tony, and he matches up well against the golf course, Caves Valley Golf Club. We're going to see this week in Baltimore. It's a longer golf course. So you need to drive the ball well. That's Tony Finau. But look, when we say the floodgates are going to open, settle down. It's not Tiger Woods. He's not going to go and win the next you know, six events on the trot. I think he'll contend more on a Sunday. But for Tony Finau to finally get that big win again after so long, that's emotionally draining. If it was the regular you know, tour season, he'd be taking this week off. I can't see him being a factor, just given uh, everything he went through yesterday to finally get that big one. Dubsy, he was in a playoff with your guy, the Aussie, Cameron Smith, who was 25-1 to 1 to win the BMW Championship. What did you make of Cam Smith in the bullet yesterday in that final round on a Monday? Look, I'm a little disappointed. He, he did the same party trick a couple of weeks ago at the WGC. He missed that driver right. I hate to, to use the C word, but there was a bit of a choke there. And for Cameron Smith, mm. that's a guy, he has won on the tour, but he still hasn't got that big win. So it would have been a good one for him to get. His game's in a great great spot. So I think Cam Smith, he's going to come out hungry. He'll come out firing. That's pretty good value, Benny. So I think Cam Smith could make a run. He definitely needs to try and get a win you know, this week or next to sort of make it a worthy season because he's been contending in some big events, but yet to get that big one. Dubs, how can we expect these golfers to have any kind of impact from a shortened week where they're used to ending events on Sunday and some of them ending events on Monday having to do this short week turnaround? Yeah, look, with that, I lean towards experience, you know, your bigger names. So these guys aren't going to get much of a look. We usually get a pro-am Monday, Wednesday at the golf course, Tuesday's the practice round, but today's a travel day. So at best, some of them will play in the pro-am. Maybe they'll get nine holes in to practice and see the golf course. And this is a golf course. This is the first time for the big boys to come back here. So a lot of these guys are coming in blind. So I favor, you know, guys like Brooks Kepka, Roy McIlroy, who can show up, give him a yardage. And, and, and look, for a guy like Rory, I think it suits him. Gets him out of his head. He's going to have to play what's in front of him. If you're looking for a similar comp, Quail Hollow, where Rory won the Wells Fargo earlier this year, I think we're going to clue on that. Favor experience when the circumstances are all thrown out the window. One of the better golfers on planet Earth right now is John Rahm, and that is reflected in the odds for the BMW Championship right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Rahm, the favorite at plus 650, by far the shortest odds on the board. The next shortest, Justin Thomas, at 18 to 1. So at plus 650 dubs, there's no value on Rahm, is there? Look, I, I don't think so. Will he be there contending on Sunday? Yes, he's the defending champion. But again, that was a different golf course. Ram looks sensational. He did all the right things yesterday to try and win the tournament. But Tony Finau was too good. So Ram is really playing in a league of his own right now. I can see him you know, being there Sunday, probably taking out the FedEx Cup playoffs uh, next week. So look, for, at plus 650, I don't see the value there. If you want to clue on uh, one guy who has seen the golf course, Jordan Spieth. Now, this Case Valley Golf Club, it's based in Baltimore. What else is in Baltimore? Under Armour, HQ. So this is where Spieth plays when he goes down Under Armour and wines and dines with all the big execs. He likes the golf course. You know, it's going to be a bit more shot-making. So favor those guys with a bit more creativity this week. Rambo's going to be there, but for me, just not the value this week. 
Dubs Anderson from here on Sports Grid joining us talking about the BMW Championship. Who is a golfer then that you would be targeting that may have more value than someone like John Rahm? Look, I think uh, 29 to 1, Roy McIlroy. Fantastic. You know, where, where he can lean on that experience. He's been playing great, hasn't missed a cut since winning that Wells Fargo. I like him. And then look, a guy who was a little quiet last week, and that tells me he's probably focused on golf. Brooks Kepka. 29 to 1. For, for a major winner, big-time player like that, there's a lot of money up for grabs this week just trying to get inside that top 30 for next week's Tour Championship. So I've got to go with the big names, the big gunslingers, and we never get value like that. In a smaller field for these big boys, Brooksy and Rory, they're my two guys from the top of this one. Dubs, when you look at that from a match betting perspective and you see some of these bigger names, how do you approach match betting for an event that is a smaller field this week with an even smaller turnout heading next week for the finale of the PGA Tour regular season? Yeah, with the match betting, Benny, we've we got to look at the stats that suit this golf course. So you've got to get off the tee well. It's a longer track, over 7,500 yards this week. So I'm favoring you know, the good drivers of the ball. I've got Lee Westwood over Paul Casey uh, you know, as the top Englishman at plus 195. That's a decent one. For a heads up, I'm going to go with Xander Shoffley over Colin Morikawa, minus 116, the gold medal winner. Now, look, Colin Morikawa has looked sensational until last week. Something's up with his golf swing. His timing looks out, and that's usually not a quick fix. So for me, I'm going to go with Xander Shoffley this week, who's missed a consistency, and that's what we want. When we haven't got you know, track records to go off at a golf course, you have to go off form and consistency. What have we seen the last two or three weeks leading up to this one? Xander ticks the boxes for me. Colin Morikawa, he's got me worried. Dubs, I was wondering about these match bets because I love taking any of these matchups where these golfers get to go head-to-head on the FanDuel Sportsbook. What would be a matchup you would target? Look, we, we got to talk about the big boys here. I know I've touched on him before. Brooksy! I'm going to go with Brooksy Kepka over Bryson DeChambeau. And as I said, we didn't hear from Kepka last week. So I don't know if he got a tooth pulled out at the dentist or he's just focused on making a bit of a playoff run here. But I've got a favour <laughs> that. And on a golf course that rewards good driving, now they both hit it a mile. And Brooksy is surprisingly very straight with the big stick. So that's what we're going to need on a Fazio design. I've got to favour big Brooksy. Dubsy, you're a guy that comes on SportsGrid all across the network throughout the entirety of the week. We have you here on Tuesday looking ahead to the BMW Championship, but on Thursday, Friday, Saturday in-game lives, even Sunday, you are giving the update to the live betting options. Now, when you have a smaller field with such big names contending for a FedEx Cup trophy and trying to position themselves for Eastlake next week, what's the philosophy for live betting and how you approach those favorites? Yeah, the, the big thing I look for, Benny, are guys that are hitting greens, hitting fairways. That tells me their ball striking's in a good spot, and maybe they're just not you know, sinking all the putts. So if they're not picking up a lot of strokes going over the field, putting the first couple of days, they're guys with a higher ceiling who can make a bit of a run into the weekend. So they're the big stats I look for. But look, we talk about circumstances in golf betting, in tournament betting. Look at Tony Finau yesterday. He wasn't in the last group. Uh, there were no fans out there, so there was less pressure. These are the things we need to clue on with the live tournament betting. It makes sense. This is how Tony Finau got his big win, and you've got to clue on that. That's our edge in the in-tournament betting. Dubs, just about a couple of minutes left. This is down the stretch now of the season, and who has been the golfer that has stood out to you that you've been surprised to see the most growth with? 
Look, it's been a big year, Ariel, and there's been a few players throwing their hat in the ring. Um, you know, for, for me, John Rahm is probably up there by himself right now trying to take out golfer of the year. Morikawa has been fantastic, but for me, I think we forget about the comeback story of the year, Jordan Spieth. I think it's really special for a golfer who lost complete confidence in his golf game to come back, get a win, contend in all the big events. And look, we can't write him off to win this one this week, maybe take out next week. So I think that's been very special. But what a year in golf. You know, some of the comeback stories, first-time winners, Abe answers. I think Tony Finau's win yesterday is very special. So for me, it's been a great year in golf. There's a lot of good young talent. I mean, no one's talking about the absence of Tiger Woods because we're that distracted with all the other talent on offer. But, you know, John Rahm, he's really, uh, he's up there by himself right now. Gambling also embracing the PGA and the PGA embracing it back. We love to see it. Dubs Anderson, catch him at Mr. Dubsy on Twitter and all over the Sports Grid Network. Thanks for coming on with us this morning. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Coming up next, we're going to talk Major League Baseball. Ben and I are going through our MLB card and strikeout props. You're listening on Sirius XM, Channel 204, the Sports Grid Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. After on Sports Grid, Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. Make sure to check us out on social media, Sports Grid and Sports Grid TV. We have two different Twitter handles. You can follow us there, see any clips you might have missed from the show, any of our great guests, and great analysis from the gambling world as well. We are going to break down Major League Baseball right now, which means we're going to the props. Let's get to K Props. a few strikeout props today that I like but I'm still trying to figure out the first one is for Dylan Cease the starter for the Chicago White Sox on the road at the Toronto Blue Jays the problem here is that Toronto hasn't been striking out a lot in fact they've had the lowest K rate in baseball at around 17 and a half percent over the last 30 days the thing is they've realized that on FanDuel and they've made Dylan Cease strikeout prop very low it's sitting at a five and a half Now, even though Toronto has had 28 of the last 35 starting pitchers with five strikeouts or less against them, Dylan Cease has not cared if he's faced a team with a bottom 10 K rate. Against teams with a bottom 10 K rate this year, he's gone over this number of five and a half strikeouts in eight of those 12 matchups, averaging just under seven strikeouts per game. I'm leaning towards a scary over here. He could have six. I mean, against Toronto this year, he has faced them, I think. Oh, maybe not. Okay, I'm thinking of someone else. Anyway, uh, I thought that he did. But it doesn't matter. The average is still above in the bottom 10K rate range. It's still above this 5.5. I'm leaning Dylan Cease over 5.5. Now, don't go betting all of these yet. I'm not telling you these are my best bets of the day. These are just my leans for now, Ben. Here's one of my leans, and I want you to come with me on what I call a same-game K-prop examination. And it's a game that features two of my favorite K-prop pitchers 
all year long. Oh boy, indeed. This is a long one. Follow the thought process. It's Corbin Burns and Tyler Malley facing off for the Brewers and the Reds, respectively. Now, they have been two of my favorite K-Prop studs all year long. We start with Corbin Burns because he is one of the favorites to win the NL Cy Young right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Of course, we remember just two starts ago, about two weeks ago, against the Cubs when Corbin Burns had 15 strikeouts, 10 consecutively against that terrible, abysmal Chicago Cubs lineup. But he only had three strikeouts in his last start against the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, you look at the Cincinnati Reds, K-rate against right-handed pitching, 18th all year long at 23.2%. 12th since the All-Star break at 23.9%. The last two weeks, right around that number at 23.8%. Now, Corbin Burns did strike out the Reds 12 times in the middle of July, but that is one of the three times that he has gone over his K-Prop number of nine and a half today since Ooh. April. That is right. In 16 starts, Corbin Burns has gone under nine and a half 13 times a very lofty number the juice reflects that the under at minus 146 then we look at tyler malley his k prop is also heavily juiced to the under at minus 164 that k prop is six and a half for tyler malley he has gone under this number in four of his last six starts when you look at the number today it's reflective of the brewers who do not strike out a ton anymore in fact 11 of the last 15 opposing starting pitchers against the brewers have had five or less strikeouts this is very different than milwaukee from the beginning of the season in the first three months of the year until late june milwaukee had the sixth highest k rate against right-handed pitching at 25.6 percent but since the all-star break the third lowest in major league baseball at 19.6 percent over the past two weeks also the third lowest at 18.4 percent so here's what I am doing. The same game K-Prop examination leads me to a same game parlay. Heavy juice on both of the unders. Minus 146 for Corbin Burns at 9.5. Minus 164 for Tyler Malley at 6.5. You combine those, which you can do in a same game parlay, plus 159. I like that same game parlay. Taking two unders of a K-Prop on Corbin Burns and Tyler Malley. Two overs I have rode all year long. Oh, boy. Okay. Parlaying K-Prop scares me, but I know a lot of our viewers do it, so you can go and tell Ben if you would like. I am staying away because those numbers are so spot on that they scare me. So I am going to the New York Mets, the starting pitcher for the Mets, and I like an under in this game, too. But first, I'll start with the Mets starting pitcher, Tyler McGill, who's been... Doing really well. I mean, he is one of the better Mets pitchers saving this season and as it's hanging on a thread. He had six strikeouts against San Francisco, six strikeouts against the Dodgers, six strikeouts against Atlanta. So he's had at least six strikeouts in five, three of his last five starts. San Francisco has the 10th highest strikeout rate in baseball, and McGill actually does better when he's at home. His ERA drops by about two. His ERA is just over four on the road and about just over two when he's at home, two, four, five to be exact. Now he's getting the Giants twice in a row, which scares me a tad. However, I have to go check the updated number. I forgot to check my Gill strikeout prop because it wasn't out the last time that I looked. Um, for the New York Mets today, McGill's strikeout prop on FanDuel is sitting at a five and a half over plus 108. He had six against them on the road. I'm going to say that McGill has that over of five and a half strikeouts today in addition to this Mets and Giants game staying under the total of eight and a half. McGill is averaging just over two runs per game allowed. It's not even just what he's averaging allowed. It's what the team totals are against McGill when he's at home. Opponents team totals at the end of the game after McGill starts for the Mets. 
they're averaging just over two runs per game. You could take that as a Giants team total under. However, the Giants on the road are averaging just under five runs per game. I'm not sure I want to fade the Giants completely. I may just fade both these teams together and say that this hits an under of eight and a half for the city field unders, which are the most profitable in baseball, Ben. One of my favorite totals of the day as well. It's posted at eight and a half right now for the game overall. You mentioned it. The Mets have the highest under percentage at home this year at 64.8%. That is nearly 6% higher than the Detroit Tigers, who have the second highest under percentage at home at about 59%. That is how drastic the difference is at City Field and how many unders the Mets play there. You also look at the Giants, who have the sixth highest under percentage as the road team this year at nearly 57%. And you talked about Tyler McGill. He has been a lot better at home so far in his young Mets career than he has been on the road. 1-0 at home at City Field with a 2-4-5 ERA on the road this year. That ERA goes up to 4-0-5. So yes, I like the under of that game total overall at 8.5 for the Mets and the Giants today. A game, Ariel, that we have seen some movement on that line since very early this morning. I looked early on. It's a crucial game for the Mets, like we mentioned. They have been in this now 13-game stretch against the Giants. This 13-game stretch against the Giants and Dodgers comes to an end at the completion of this three-game series that starts today. That means they have played 10 games so far against L.A. and San Francisco. The Mets, 2-8 and eight in that time, two games under 500 currently, six and a half games back of that NL East lead that the Atlanta Braves now occupy. So if the Mets want to start rallying, this might be their opportunity at home earlier in the morning with Tyler McGill on the bump, the Mets were a minus 118 favorite currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook. That line has become a lot shorter. The Mets minus 110, the Giants minus 106. So a very intriguing and impactful game at City Field tonight. Ooh, yeah, I did see that the Mets were at minus 112 last night. It went to even minus 118, and it flipped on the Giants. So a lot of line movement in that game at City Field. Another big game tonight, the Yankees and the Atlanta Braves. The Yankees just picked up the 5-1 win yesterday. The Yankees plus 132, and I think it was plus 130 before. So let me just get the updated line again. Uh, the Yankees are sitting at plus 120. So a lot of movement going in the Yankees' direction in the last couple of hours. The Yankees do have the eighth highest strikeout rate in baseball striking out just over 24 percent of the time charlie morton getting the start for the braves the prop really high seven and a half he's averaging just about seven strikeouts per game against teams with the top 10k rate against righties uh in his last few starts he's hit seven more than anything he's hit at least seven in uh two of his last four starts he had nine in his last outing against miami the yankees have the 18th strikeout rate away from home this year even though it was a really easy over yesterday of the over five and a half for oscar yanoa he was coming off the il it was the second or third start off the il for charlie morton seven and a half probably too high for me i would have rather to six and a half staying away from the strikeout prop Atlanta is the home for the second most overs in baseball, hitting at just over 60%. I may lean with a team total over. Found this fun fact about the Braves. So the Braves is a team total of five. Now, the Braves off of a loss in nine-inning games, because remember, these doubleheaders are seven innings. I'm taking those out. The Braves off a loss in nine-inning games 
They're averaging just over seven runs per game in the second half of the season. I like to see how offenses fight back after losses. And because the Braves are the home team, I can see the Braves splitting this series with the Yankees. If not, at least seeing the Yankees bullpen not hold up as well as they did yesterday. Very rare we see a scoreless Yankees bullpen of late. I'm going to say that the Braves go over their team total of five runs today, Ben. I have one final K-prop for you quickly for today's Major League Baseball slate. Jack Flaherty on the bump against the Detroit Tigers in St. Louis today. His strikeout prop is 7.5. It's plus money to the over at plus 110. Now, Detroit has a 26% K rate against right-handed pitching this year. That's second highest in all of Major League Baseball. Also second highest in the last two weeks at 28.3%. Now, Jack Flaherty has made just two starts since returning from the IL here in the middle of August. In his first start, he had five strikeouts. In his most recent start, he had eight strikeouts against the Brewers of all teams who have an 18.4% K rate, very minimal in the last two or last two weeks against right-handed pitching. So that is impressive stuff out of Jack Flaherty, who has thrown six innings in both of those two starts since returning from the IL. Again, we talked about this. There are make playoff odds up for three teams in the National League right now. The Cardinals are four and a half games back of that second final NL wildcard spot. They are plus 1,400 to the yes to make the playoffs. Jack Flaherty is the Cardinals' ace. 9-1 and one this year. He's going to be giving it his all. I like the over of his strikeout prop against the Tigers today at plus money, plus 110. Ooh, okay. I do like it. I don't know how I missed that one because the Tigers have been the most reliable team when betting strikeouts against this year. Coming up next, we are going to be joined by one of the sharpest men in Vegas. It is Bill Krakenberger. You're listening here on Sirius XM, Channel 204, the Sports Grid Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. We call it hashtag Trusted Capper Tuesday, and nobody better to close it out than one of the sharpest men out in Las Vegas, Bill Krakenberger. Crack, you told me that on Sunday morning you woke up and you were actually confused and you said, What happened last night? What did happen the night before that? Well, hi guys. Thanks for having me on, and uh, always love to be on with you guys here the morning after on the grid. Uh, I don't usually get that way. So now I'm doing this 29, 20, I thought about it, how many years? 29 years paying taxes on gambling when 25 plus years. Usually the constant professional get up and just deal with it. But Sunday I woke up and said, wow, did that really happen? It was one of those nights that you, you get up the next day and, and say it because. So Spence was fighting Pacquiao originally and I just thought Spence is one of the top 10 fighters right now out there. So I thought this was going to be a romp. Uh, Pacquiao coming in uh, 42 years old. I know he came in in great shape. I heard from his camp, but it didn't stop me. I bet a $10,000 bet, which I posted a ticket on on, um, on Twitter. I normally I won't post five-figure bets and stuff, but someone asked me, what should I my, my, my bet in the fight, and do I put my own money up? So that's particular one of the one of the bets I put up there. Um, 
I actually bet more. But I, I bet another four thousand too. I found at minus one ninety. You bet another four thousand. So I had fourteen thousand on Spence, and that fight was canceled because Spence uh, scratched his eyelid or corny or something. So they canceled the fight. They put in a sub Ugas, which was a very live dog, very a very uh, hungry young fighter, um, younger, a little younger than Manny. And I just thought that uh, that would be a live dog plus like three oh three to one, three twenty. I spoke to the great Jerry Eisenberg, who I love. Um, Jerry was a Newark Star Ledger writer for years. He still writes, 91 years old. He's friends with Pacquiao. Had him on a Zoom call, and he said, Billy, this guy is so sharp. I mean, and, and, and you know, he's in sharp. He's in good shape. His, his camp did not want him in this great shape, he said, um, and canceling a fight. So they put him with someone else right then and there. You know, they all, every, both people pick up a check, and it's still okay for boxing, I guess. Well... Uh, I was I was still betting the dog. I was still going to bet nothing, a peanut on a dog, because I thought it was plus like three thirty. I put a nickel on him just just to have a some action on the dog, a live dog. I thought uh, against Pack. Well, then I get one of the sharpest guys in boxing that texts me that uh, Ugas has a, a bicep injury, and he's now he's just going in to get a paycheck. And I said, wow, interesting. I said, okay, I'm not going to bet him. I'm going to bet a few bucks on Manny. So I was thinking maybe bet to win two grand on Manny, maybe six grand to win two grand. Uh, well, then I get a hand doctor who I'm very close to. Who's, for some reason, this guy gets the best information on things. I'm up a lot of money following the hand doctor. Hand doctor texts me. These guys don't even know each other, the two guys, the two sources. He says, hey, this guy's injured. He's got a bicep injury. I said, yeah, someone else told me that. He goes, yeah. This is going to be a big bet for me on Manny. So then I go out, of course, bet 15000 on him. I bet another 5000 on him. So just to think about what happened. And, of course, Manny comes in and, and, and you know, uh, just he was there for the paycheck. So I think about the swing of money, like almost forty grand, And I think about if Spence would just have fought the fight that he was supposed to fight, this would have been an easy victory for me and easy money. So... Uh, you know, it doesn't even matter the dollar amounts or anything. It's just the ideas of sometimes even the greatest information is not great. That's why nothing is considered a lock in this industry. People always say, oh, you heard this, you heard this lock. There is no locks in this industry, and you have to stay within yourself in bankroll management. Vital. It's vital, and it's key. Now, even though I lost that kind of money and the swing was that much, it was still in my bankroll management. It's not going to affect how I do anything later on in life or the next day. Um, and, you know, um, I didn't get up thinking, oh, my God, I lost my bankroll. Nothing like that. But I got up saying, wow, what a swing. That's all. So, anyway, I just thought you want to share it with you guys. When Crack shares that advice about bankroll management, that is huge oh. for the casual sports better who might not have that knowledge. So, Crack, I appreciate that. I always learn something from you on these Trusted Capper Tuesdays. Now, you talked about getting all of that information. When it comes to betting preseason NFL football, at times, we have no info to go off of. So what is your approach like, Crack, week from week, going from week number two now that was completed last night into the final week of the preseason this upcoming weekend? Boy, this, this season's been a pickle. It's an old-fashioned uh, Jewish word there, Ben. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, yeah. My, my great-grandmother used to say, I'm in a pickle, Billy. So, I know. Anyway, um, yeah, so, so, yeah, it's been a pickle this season. Um, it, it, the first week I went 4-4-1 on some tough, tough beats. 
And then last week, I, I won. I went 4-2 and won this past weekend. I feel like I lost, though. I had, like, Pittsburgh minus six. The game went to seven. I was on the right side of the move. Um, I walked into – I went to go see Sebastian Man- Maniscalco. I walked into the show, Phyllis. and I was winning – I was winning 26 to 6, and it was like they had it in hand. The next thing I know, I pushed the game with two late touchdowns onside. I was like, what? Oh, you're kidding me. But, uh, oh, yeah, Sebastian was great, by the way. I'm not really a stand-up comedian guy, but he's great. So I I went to go see him. But anyway, uh, that's one thing about living in Vegas, man. We are so lucky. We have so many different things we could just walk into on a Saturday night, and uh, tickets fall in my hands all the time. Um, so anyway, Guns and Roses in a couple nights from now, and then uh, the Raiders two weeks from now. All right, that's enough. Uh, so um, going back to what Ben said there, Ben asked, like to give you a perfect example, this particular weekend coming up, there's so much information out there on one side and nothing from the other camps. Um, yesterday I bet uh, Seattle. I bet Seattle uh, minus one, and I bet a pick minus twenty based on some information and. That game moved ridiculously. It went to like six. So that's a ridiculous move for me. And all oh my guys, crack wins, guys. I gave them out to them guys, too. Um, but there was a couple games um, out of the uh, New Orleans announced yesterday on social media. We're not playing. You know, of course, they had a big game. Uh, um, you know, they, they, they had, I tell you, Winston looked pretty good, I thought, too. But then again, um, he's supposed to look good. He had some nice, nice long touchdowns in the beginning. I think they went up 14 nothing. I didn't watch the game. I just heard in recaps. Um, but anyway, uh, now next week they're going to be sitting. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Jameis doesn't even get one series. I mean, they don't want now they've seen him. They don't want to get him hurt. And sure enough, they announced that they're probably going to sit everybody. So, um, but you just don't know. I think they're playing. I took a picture of it before the show. I think they're playing Arizona in preseason. Um, I think they're playing Arizona. Yeah, New Orleans playing Arizona. So New Orleans was plus four uh, yesterday, and and I got some under thirty six around town here. Um, but you don't. I didn't. We didn't hear nothing. I have a guy that reads everything, and nothing out of the Arizona camp. So I understand a little more. Boy, I hate saying this because I don't like scalping and middling, but I understand why people do it. Um, perfect example. If I knew after betting yesterday. The minus one on Seattle. I knew it was going to move, but I didn't think it was going to. I thought maybe maybe it would touch three. I never had no idea it was going to go to six. There was obviously a couple syndicates that jumped on it after myself um, when they seen it moving because they wanted to get it underneath that three, that key number. So it goes up to six. Let me tell you, even I would have laid the one or picked minus 20 there for an extra amount, which I could have got down a couple thousand more if I know it's going to six. And I'll maybe even buy it back because pick them in six on any game throughout the season, never mind a preseason game where it's lower scoring, is fantastic value. So, um, but going back to what Ben said, you see, I don't, I didn't, I didn't, we didn't read anything on that Arizona side yet. So uh, it's good to take a lead, take the, you know, we, we took plus four for a little bit. I didn't even send that out to my guys. I didn't, just a small lead, that's it. And maybe some of the under money, but. When you don't have both side camps information or both sides of the media talking about uh, what's going to happen, it, it could become dangerous and you might want to buy something back. But uh, as far as um, like the stuff like, like the Seattle game, honestly, I would just like the people always say to me, oh, so how do you middle? This is probably one of the biggest questions I'm asked on Twitter. How do you middle games, crack? What do you do? So do you take so much percentage? Listen, I always say it. 
I'm, I have a positive EV game, a positive expect, expected value game when I'm laying that game. Yesterday, you know, they picked minus 20 or, or minus 1. Now it's 6. You, you got such great value. Why would you want to scout back and lay 11 to 10 on a negative expectation game on the other side of that game? Even though you're getting that big giant middle, I, I, I don't agree with it for, for most part. But you know what? That's how I built up my bankroll in the 90s, though. I would bet 100% on one side. And the other side, I buy back 75%. But then I found out I was scalping, uh, basically scalping. I'm best basically helping that losing side make money in the end. Let's say it was a, a, a sharp sports book like a Pinnacle Sports. I was giving all, all my money to Pinnacle. And I'm saying, how can this be? I'm giving all this money to Pinnacle every, every year. It's crazy. Well, it's because I'm giving the 11 to 10 on the other side of the game. You're better off just keeping that one side and not scalping and middling. But I do understand why people do it. Crack, we only have a couple of minutes left. We're here with Bill Krakenberger, one of the sharpest men in Las Vegas. And we've got week one of the NFL approaching in just a few weeks. What is your approach going to be for week one lines that have been out for the last few months? Okay, I think I, I think this year was the year we really didn't bet. Me and my guys really didn't bet anything. I didn't send nothing out week one. Though I am looking at, well, I might as well say it now. I don't, I don't know if... Um, I might as I don't well. have the current line in front of me. Yeah, I might as well say it here. It's the only place I'm going to give this out out to today. Um, uh, Patriots. If the Patriots, I could still get it at under three. I know some of the brick and mortars had 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 three, and uh, but I seen some two and a half minus twenties out there and twenty fives. Um, that, by the way, that is the only number in the NFL I'll be willing to to go some extra. Uh, and, you know, buy some extra point is is the three. I like to. I, it's an old thing. It's but it's a beaten horse. Everyone talks about it, but it's still uh, worth it. If you if I can lay minus two and a half, minus twenty or twenty five even, rather than lay three. Oh my God, uh, it, it's the it's the keyest number in the NFL. So my approach right now, though, to, to week one is we have kind of taken it easy. And over the years, week one, I'm not so big on uh, even betting my my uh, my totals on. You know, I'll only bet. Literally, sides, uh, two or three sides a year, and I'm talking about New England and taking a little lead there because I think that's a good play. Um, but as far as totals, I'll usually only bet a couple of them the first week or two. Proposition bets, though, I'll be all in on prop bets week one. Proposition bets is the way yeah. to go. Uh, yeah, props is the way to go. I mean, just look at the stuff that FanDuel puts up on, on uh, uh, week one for proposition bets. I mean, they have more props there than I can get in all of Las Vegas combined. Right at the you Fandu. coming to Jersey, crack? You coming to Jersey? I am. I'll one. be in Jersey. Uh, no, I'm going to be here because I have to be here for the Raiders game that night. But I will be in New Jersey week two, and I will be in New Jersey at least half of the season. Oh, I love it because these prop bets, that's what I've been talking about. There are so many prop bets that I love towards the end of last season, Crack, that they just got so sharp that at this point in the first few weeks of the year, those numbers are going to go back to where we liked them at the beginning of last season. I'm going to try to attack a lot of those same prop bets that we started to at the beginning of last year and see how good of a number we can get. Bill Krakenberger, one of the sharpest out in Vegas. Thank you for coming on with us again on this Tuesday. We'll see you next week. Thank you both. Have a good week. Coming up next, Ben and I are going to give out our best bets of the day until bet do us part. We are going to the baseball card. I think that's pretty much the only thing on right now. But we do have NFL preseason week three coming up and week zero of college football. I'm sure towards the end of the week, Ben is going to be freaking out over what he's going to be betting because 
between preseason Ben, Big Ten Ben, there's just so many choices as Ben is approaching his prime. For now, we're sticking to baseball. It's coming up next until Bet Do Us Part. Stay right here on the SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Morning after on Sports Grid. Thanks for tuning in on Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. It's time for our best bets of the day. Let's get to to bet to us part. The New York Mets are really good at something. They're the best in Major League Baseball at hitting the under when playing at home in City Field. The Mets have hit the under at home in just under 65% of their home games. The Mets are welcoming in the San Francisco Giants, who struggle against left-handed pitchers. Or, excuse me, the Mets struggle against left-handed pitchers, and that's who the Giants are throwing on the mound. The Mets have the 27th OPS when facing a lefty in the last 30 days. When it comes to the Mets starting pitching, they've got Tyler McGill on the mound, who's been one of the best pitchers for the Mets in the second half of the season. McGill has a 2-4-5 ERA when he pitches at home. He just faced the Giants on the road in San Francisco, and he only allowed one run to the Giants. With McGill playing even better at home, with this team being profitable to the under when at City Field, and two top two top 15 bullpens i'm gonna say this game stays under the total of eight and a half between the mets and the giants Ben, what do you got ariel the tigers are really bad at something striking out a ton against right-handed pitching the second highest k rate against right-handers all year long at 26 percent. that's up to 28.3 percent in the last two weeks they are facing the cardinals tonight the cardinals are putting out their ace Jack Flaherty. His K prop is seven and a half plus money to the over at plus 110. Two starts and Jack Flaherty returned from the IL. Five strikeouts and then eight strikeouts over this number against the Brewers who don't strike out. The Tigers do. Jack Flaherty with plus money to the over of that strikeout prop of seven and a half tonight. The Tigers are probably bad at a few things, not just striking out, but it is the most reliable thing that the Tigers are bad at, being one of the most strikeout-prone teams in baseball. For Ben Stevens, I'm Ariel Epstein. Thank you for joining us today here on The Morning After. We're going to be back tomorrow, 9 a.m. Eastern time, right here on The Grid. A ton of great content coming up after this show, depending on which you're watching on. Streaming services, listening on Sirius, 1090 The Mightier. Go get some best bets of the day from all of our other uh, favorite hosts here on the grid, and we'll see you tomorrow. Where are you?